Welcome back to Bittersweet Valley, the podcast where two childhood friends return to the world of Sweet Valley High to examine this beloved series through a lens of YA Today. This is our midsummer bonus episode. How are you today, Emily? I'm very excited for our bonus episode. We haven't done one since the end of last year. Yeah, it's crazy. Time has flown. I know, it certainly has. So um, we were originally going to do our favorite reads so far of the year, but I honestly can't decide. And it's either I meant to tell you this when we were off recording, but I don't think it matters. Like I have stuff that I really love and I would say like it's like a favorite of the year or and like anything after that. I'm like, meh, I don't but I don't want to I haven't decided what I would say is my favorite and I don't want to ruin it and I don't want to repeat. So I have to wait (laughs) for that. But yeah, it's either like wicked awesome or perfectly fine books but nothing in the middle in my opinion sometimes you know what I mean I'm sure people know what I mean I feel that I want to know first though before we get into recommendations outside the world of Sweet Valley we read 40 Sweet Valley books this year during season one and I was interested to know like looking back on that were there any of those that you were like okay, this was a really good read. People, if they don't want to read all of the Sweet Valley books, they they should read this one or these ones. Were there any Sweet Valley books that you were like, people need to read this? So, yes, I have a few. I can't pick just one because I have different reasons, but I will be mm-hmm. I'll make it succinct. So I really, I obviously really liked um, 13 was kidnapped and then um, hostage was number 26. Okay. You, I read 13 as well. Cause I remembered that and mm-hmm. you had numbers. So that was yours. Um, but obviously I just, because I always, my main genre to read is mysteries and thrillers. I really liked those. Um, Elizabeth gets kidnapped and kidnapped. And then Regina's Regina. What's her last name again? Morrow. Morrow's family gets taken hostage, um, and held for ransom. By a former employee of Mr. Morrow. So I really liked those just for the like the thriller and the mystery part of it. Um, and if you like and I think that those are like good to read just because like there's more action versus like having to understand the um, the different characters. But there's but, you know, you can I definitely read Sweet Valley and many other series out of order when I was younger. I don't do that anymore, but. You can dip in and out and because there's always a new character, like every single book we've talked about, you always have Jessica, Elizabeth, you have like the original cast, I guess you could say. But then you also many times have these other characters and like that book is their story. So um, for that reason, when I was younger, I think it was easy to like go in and out of. And then um, my other two that I really liked, um, Head Over Heels was number 18. And that's when Bruce has a change of heart. Oh, yeah. I liked that because I'm very hard on him. Um, But I liked that he um, he kind of changed on the inside for Regina. And then I liked number 18, Alone in the Crowd, which was about Lynn, the singer songwriter. And she was very quiet and shy, but she was an amazing writer of songs and a singer. And um, I really liked that story. So those that's what I like. And any of those, I think, would be a great book to pick up if you wanted to. 
Awesome. Well, so, you know, it's interesting because you said you really recommend the thrillers and um, a couple of the ones that I look back on and I'm like, oh, that was a good read. People should read that are um, thematically similar as well. So um, my first one that I want to recommend, I don't remember what number it was. Let me look and I'll tell you. Uh, It was number eight, Dear Sister. Dear Sister is a classic. So, um, or no, not number eight, number seven, Dear Sister, because I had the odds. Um, so Dear Sister was the one where Elizabeth woke up from the coma and she was bad girl Elizabeth. And she that was, was like... That would be a good one to read. I haven't read it, but you're right. That would be a yeah, good Yeah. Like, she's like mean to Todd and getting drunk on wine with Bruce and all kinds of stuff. And then she like hits her head and she's normal again. Um, so that one was fun because um, it was fun to see Elizabeth be her bad girl stuff. And then um, speaking of like bad girls, um, I definitely also recommend number 11, Too Good to Be True. That's the one where Suzanne comes to town while Jessica goes to New York. Um, and Suzanne is acting really nice to people, um, but then behind their backs, she's, like, stealing Liz's lavalier, and she accuses, um, Mr. Collins of sexual assault because he won't sleep with her, and all kinds of stuff, so I thought that one was really good. Um, those are probably, like, my two big favorites of the year. Um, and um, and I really liked Nowhere to Run um, as well, which was the one with um, the focus on Emily, who had the mean stepmother who yes, yes, yes. was mistreating her and stuff. So I really liked that one. That wasn't really like a Wakefield book, um, yeah. or it was more Alice, I think, than the twins. Yeah. So. So yeah, those were those were my those were my favorites of the Sweet Valley books this season. Um, but of course, I recommend that everybody just read all forty of the books, <laughs> um, or just listen to all of our episodes, and then you get the you get the general idea of what happens. So um, there were definitely good escape reads this year with everything that happened. Like mm-hmm. it was a good time to kind of pick it up and um, go back into the world of Sweet Valley that we read when we were so young. Yeah. Well, I think especially like the, um, the fact that each book is so short and so you could just sit down for an hour and, you know, read a book, like a whole book. Yeah. Felt like, felt like I was achieving something. Yeah. So. Yeah. They're like, some of them are, some of the ones I read were like 80 something pages. Mm-hmm. And um, when I just read in the last episode, that was 150. So they're starting I don't know about the rest of the page counts, but, um, but yeah, so those were, I liked them. I'm glad we started this. It's been fun to read yeah. them. It's been fine. I know it's going to, into season two, we're going to get into some more heavy plot lines and themes. Yeah. Um, so, but um, season way, obvi- season one, obviously there were some, you know, some heavy things, but there was a lot of like fun, light stuff too. Um, and, um, like you said, you know, it's been such a crazy year plus that it's definitely like been, you know, a positive lighthearted thing to have, have the world of sweet Valley there for us. So, um, so with regard to like, 
normal books, um, non-Sweet Valley book recommendations. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want us to spoil things that might be potential, like, top books of the year if we want to do that episode again later but what are um what are any do you have like one or two books that you've read so far this year that you feel would make like a really good summer read like if people are you know gonna be heading for one last weekend to the beach or something something that would be a nice beach read for them yes well i have i have three books to mention quickly i will not get great into anything too deeply, but um, I have, two of them are YA and one is actually um, nonfiction memoir. So I just read, so when I think of beach summer, re- I mean, I read the same stuff all the time, but I think I probably lean more towards um, like, um, like more lighthearted things in the summer versus, you know, I still read many of much of what I normally do, but I think I probably grab more lighthearted um, stuff in the summer. Um, so Tokyo Ever After is a new release that I think came out in May or June and it's YA and it's by Amiko Jean and it's about a young girl who is, um, her parents are Japanese and she lives with her single mom. She discovers that her father is actually the Imperial Prince of Japan. Um, and cause her, their mom's single. And so they had met in college and then she flies to Japan to meet her father and like learn about, that side of her family and she's technically a princess so there's all of that and then she falls in love with one of her guards it is great loved it it's this really sweet story and um very very well done in the same vein um love and gelato is another um ya and it was recommended to me by one of my students she told me at the very beginning of the year it was her favorite book i finally started listening to it on scribd um which i highly recommend for audiobooks and it's about a girl whose mother prior kind of kind of prior to the beginning of the book her mother passes away and she goes she wants her daughter to go to Italy um to meet um part to see part of her life that she never got to see and while she's there she meets um somebody that was really important to her mom and she meets new friends um and it's again it's like a really sweet book and I think I like both of them because of like the travel different countries. I haven't been to Japan. I have been to Italy, so I could picture a lot of that. Um, and it was just like a nice, yes, lighthearted, like kind of lighter read, but also they do have depth to them because you're talking about relationships with parents and family. Um, and there's definitely love stories woven in. So I really, really like them. And I, one thing um, in this past year, I think probably especially from our Sweet Valley podcast is I finally have started picking up more contemporary YA because prior to that, I just, I just could never get into it, but now I, I do. And I actually have found that I really do like, I really do like it. Um, and my last one is this. I really liked um, Garlic and Sapphires by Ruth Reichel. I read um, Save Me the Plums last year around this time. She, um, she's a food critic and she was one of the food critics. She was a food critic for the New York Times for a period of time. And so Garlic and Sapphires was like, talked about how she had to disguise herself to go to these very elite and hoity-toity restaurants in New York City to be able to do her reviews. And when I read that, that was the premise of this book. She has a bunch, she has a few other books as well, but I thought that that would be really fascinating. And it really was. Um, So I really liked how she would like dress like these different characters and not looking like herself so she could get the true experience because, you know, all of these very important restaurants in New York City have they know they they actually have pictures posted in the kitchen and in the back 
of like the New York Times food critics. So they know when this person comes in, they get the best of everything. And she wanted to have an authentic experience to review. So that's basically what that. And I loved it. I did not realize how much I enjoy food memoirs now or food writing. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. So those are three. I really enjoyed them. They're they're very captivating, but light, um, but really good stories and experiences. So I really like those. Awesome. Well, I so, um, you know, I um, like you said, I tend to reach for more lighthearted kind of stuff um, during the summertime. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of always trying to balance out what I'm reading um, too. So um, three quick recommendations from me. Um, I recently read, and it came out a few years ago, but I just recently read uh, Frankly in Love by David Yoon. Um, and it's a really cute YA romance story in parts, um, but it's also kind of an interesting character study. Um, basically, the main character, whose name is Frank Lee, um, so frankly, um, uh. um, but um, the main character struggles with um, his parental expectations. Um, and I know because I teach in a community that is majority Asian American, um, I know a lot of my students have shared with me that they struggle with parental expectations, either with respect to their academic achievement or with respect to their friendships and relationships outside of school, um, because, you know, their parental expectations about whether it's, you know, that we want you to date someone from within our family culture or whether it's that we want you to date someone who has the same sort of expectations for themselves with respect to school and career and that sort of thing. Um, I know students have told me that they, you know, they struggle with wanting to match up to what their parents' hopes and dreams for them are. Um, and so it was, it was a really um, interesting read um, kind of getting inside the head of a teenage boy, but of course written by an adult person who's more in our age group. Um, so, um, so yeah, it was, um, it was both lighthearted because teen romance and, um, you know, a little bit heavier because of those issues being so relatable to things that my students have told me about. Um, so, um, and it's pretty long, but it's a very quick read because it's super conversational. So I recommend that. Um, I also, um, recommend, um, I finally read Ali Brush's, um, Solutions and Other, Other Problems, um, and, um, I read Hyperbole and a Half right when it came out, um, but, um, and I, you know, I followed her online for a long time, um, but I just so enjoy her sense of humor. Um, and, um, you know, of course, she deals with some serious issues, too, um, in her writing. But I think the way that she addresses them is so, so powerful. So I definitely recommend that if people have not read that. Um, and I also um, recently read um, Precious Brady Davis's memoir, I Have Always Been Me. Um, and, um, you know, it's 
because it's a memoir about um, being raised in a Pentecostal, not super accepting um, family and in the foster care system, there are some pretty serious and sad things in it. Um, But ultimately, there is absolutely like such joy in the voice of the writing um, that you just can't help but feel like you are friends with the writer reading it. So um, so I definitely recommend picking up her memoir. Um, and um, yeah, that, those are my recommendations of things I've read so far. Um, before we head out, is there anything that you are looking forward to reading later on before you head back to school? Um, or as school is getting started and before things get crazy, any books you're looking forward to reading? Yep, there's definitely one in particular. And then I always, there's a couple more. Um, I loved The River by Peter Heller, which came out, I think, two summers ago. And he has a second book. It's not like, I think you can read it not having read The River, but he does spoil The River, but it's called The Guide. Um, And so it kind of follows one, I think it follows one of the characters from The River. I loved that book. So I'm, I actually have a galley of it. I can't believe I got it, but I actually have an early copy and I haven't gotten to it yet. I keep pushing it off because I know I want to read it. And then when I read it, it's over. So, but I want to read it. So there's always that, that you have to go through too. And then I always read, um, Riley Sager always has a new thriller out every summer. So I always read that. And Sherry LaPena, who is like, she does like thriller suspense. She's a Canadian writer. She always has one a book that comes out in the summer and I always, those are automatic buys and reads for me. So I'm definitely looking forward to those. What about you? Awesome. Yeah. I, um, I always have a stack of books. So I pulled out three that are on top of my stack that I'm really excited to read. So these are going to be the next three that I read. So by the time we actually put this episode up, I will probably have read all three of them. Um, But I'm really excited to read Axton Betts Hamilton's book, The Less People Know About Us. Um, Basically, it, it says on the front, A Mystery of Betrayal, Family Secrets, and Stolen Identity. Um, but basically, like, growing up, her parents' identities were stolen and people were, like, racking up credit card charges in their names and that kind of thing. And then, like, when she gets into young adulthood, her identity is stolen as well. And so she has to embark on this journey of, like, trying to figure out who it is who is stealing her family's identities. So it's it's a mystery, but it's nonfiction. Um, so it's super, super interesting. So I'm excited about that. Patrick got it for me for Christmas. Um, and I was like that, that looks like a perfect, like summertime, like just sit down and just like read it kind of book, you know, like, so I'll get too into it during the school year and I have essays to read then. Um, I'm also really excited to read, and I've been meaning to read this for a while, but I haven't, uh, Naomi, uh, Kanakia, um, I think is how you say it. I don't know because I have not heard it said out loud. So I apologize if I said it wrong. Um, but uh, we are totally normal. Um, so it's just like a sweet YA love story is my understanding of what it's going to be. Um, so, but Here. it's very popular and it's been recommended to me by students. So, do you have it with you right there? I do. Yes, I will hold it. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Else can know what we're talking about, but yeah, I've seen. 
<laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's I'm- one of those big recommended books by a lot of my students. And um, so um, I'm sure it's going to be great. I'm really excited about it. And then the last one I'm really excited about is Punching the Air, um, which is by Yusuf, Sal- Yusuf Salam um, from The Exonerated Five. So I'm really excited to read that. I, um, I've shown the Central Park Five documentary that Ken Burns did um, in classes with students um and you know um students are always so engaged in that story and um it's you know i think it is powerful to them to hear about that kind of specific example of the systemic issue that we see in our country and um i think it'll be cool to read a um book that's not a memoir um, by one of those people. Um, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to reading that. And obviously as many other books as I possibly can before I'm in the midst of English essays again. Oh yes, of course, because yeah, we have a, I have a lot to read and I have a lot of audio books lined up because I think I say in this one or the other episode, I'm working at a camp this summer and I used to work there in college, but I live a little farther away. So that's good audiobook time. Um, yeah. it's like early I really like being able to listen to like a solid chunk at a time. So I have a lot of books lined up. We both do, I'm sure. Many of our readers probably or listeners probably do too. Surely. All right. Well, so those are what we're looking to reading the summer here. We just have a nice short and sweet episode for once, I think. Um and that, so that wraps up this bonus episode of Bittersweet Valley Podcast. As usual, we would love for you to join our community by liking this episode and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. And also don't forget to leave us a comment or review, which will help other Sweet Valley fans find us. And once again, we will see you in season two.